0: if if you think life is good then prefer thinking life is good is good for life if you don't care about life like the all the all those beings that like think life take it or leave it they don't last very long like it the, you know the natural selection sort of favors those that love life right. so there's a reason i love life but it is still just a preference right right Listening to Humanize Me, with Bart Campolo. Hey, everybody! Welcome back, or welcome for the first time. But whatever you are, feel welcome. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad I'm here, John. Hey, I'm glad I'm glad you're here. Thank you. And and your presence on this podcast indicates to me that this is going to be one of our Q&A sessions. You got it. And I like those. I do too. And uh, yeah, so, th- so that, that'll be fun. Um, before we get to that, before we get to that, because you've, you've got a question in waiting, don't you? I do. All right. Before we get to that, I just want to say a couple of things. Um, just, it's just kind of the housekeeping stuff. Um, and, you know, I, I listen to some podcasts and I immediately fast forward to 10 minutes because that's how long they take.
1: <laughs> this That's will not true. take
0: this will not take ten minutes. Sam Harris's oh. new thing is like
1: a seven minute spiel about how to support the podcast so that it can be ad free. So it's like a seven minute ad for being ad free. It's like an it's like an
0: NPR telethon every week. Yes. <laughs> I I know that those guys when they do their speaking engagement things, their fees must be incredible. I just can't believe they they don't just like if you're Jordan Peterson. Yeah, it's hard to imagine that kind of income from this
1: sort of thing. Uh, Both those guys are huge juggernaut, you know, income earners from their podcast alone.
0: Yeah, and and like, I, I mean, I think everybody ought to, I mean, I think if you want to make a difference in this world, People ought to support the podcast so that the podcast can exist. But there yes. comes a the point at which you go like, this is not so the podcast can exist. This is, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I, 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 I sound terrible.
1: All I know <laughs> is
0: that, if that money isn't coming in. We're just not able to do it. We just literally can't afford to do it. So, That's true. you know, if, if you're supporting both this podcast and Sam Harris or this podcast and Joe Rogan or Jordan Peterson, all I'm saying is <laughs> you're doing two different things. Like, like, like it may feel the same. <laughs> But it's two different things. That's right. Um, hey, and speaking of the people that support this podcast, we are going to have another one of our jam sessions. Yeah. And that's for people who are kind of p- partners in the podcast. And it's kind of like an open meeting where we, it's like, it's, it's, like a, it's like a staff meeting where we're trying to figure out like where we're going with the podcast. We're, we're talking about feedback. We're reviewing old episodes and what we did right and wrong on them. And um, the details will show up on Patreon for those of you who are those partners with us there. And for those of you that aren't, it might be something where if you want to have input, it's the best way to get input. I think you're absolutely right. It's a behind the scenes thing.
1: It's a it's a good thing. And I think we have some good stuff to talk about this time too.
0: Now, here's the other thing. The other way to be in touch. I mean, there are lots of ways to be in touch. There's the the Facebook group, which we Monitor and check on and and oversee that conversation. It's beautiful conversation that's happening there And then there's just the old bardcampolo.org website, which has a contact me thing and lots of people that's how they let you know if they like an episode or if they want something different or um, Whatever so we love it when we hear from you, which maybe is a good segue into saying John somebody sent in a question or called in a question that's right and I I I don't I honestly I don't know what it is but I'd love to hear it
1: so this is actually from the uh, humanize me Facebook group and it says what is the basis of your morality I'm not asking what your morality says such as do not gossip be trustworthy or be forgiving I'm asking the why question about your morality why should you not gossip why should you be trustworthy why should you be forgiving for me My why used to be my belief that people inherently deserve to suffer the worst possible suffering for an endless amount of time. I no longer believe this, and I now recognize the harm that often results from my old moral foundation. My new moral foundation is, in part, the desire to decrease suffering. Why? Because a scenario where every conscious creature suffers as much as possible for as long as possible would be a bad thing. I can't prove it, but I hope it's self evident. So, what is your moral foundation?
0: Huh. That sounds like, I don't want to say a trick question, but are you sure my father didn't write that question? I'm
1: pretty sure Tony did not write that question.
0: <laughs> that sounds like a question that he would, I mean, because I get that from a lot of my <laughs> Christian folks who are like, Hey, you seem like a nice guy and everything, but like could you just admit that you know you're running on the fumes of your Christian experience or we as a culture are running on the fumes of our of our belief in a in a, in a punishing god and in a rewarding god because, and and in a god who objectively laid down the truth and it is true because he says it is true. Um but you don't really have an objective foundation for your morality. Um although although that part that part about like that the utter suffering of every human being would be a bad thing. That's straight out of Sam Harris's moral landscape. So maybe it wasn't my father. Mm. Maybe it was my son, (laughs) (laughs) but whoever it was, here's the thing that I would say is like the first thing when, when I was talking with uh, Sean McDowell up in Calgary in that sort of like dialogue with a, a Christian apologist, it was the same kind of thing where I was like, look, first of all, I don't believe that there is any objective foundation for morality. Like, <laughs> like, give it up. Like it's subjective. What makes something more mo- things are moral or not in the context of our relationships with each other. Um, and and, and so morality emerges between people um, and between sentient beings. And things are moral to the degree that they impact our relationships. Um so for what it's worth when people say like what's the objective basis of your morality I go like I don't have one. Yeah. I just prefer I, I I you know it's a preference. Now my my the the preference that my morality is based on if you boil it all down and you've said like what is the fundamental like what like what's what's the what's the, at the basement? What's the one truth that you're like if you give me this I can build a morality. Like where's your leap of faith? And my leap of faith is as simple as this. Life wants to live. Life that 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 in our evolutionary history, the living things that wanted not only to live but to propagate forward, to reproduce and have their progeny live on after them, those were the ones that survived. Like that the most basic adaptation for that, that a life form has to have in order to keep going is a love of life. And so my morality is always based on what will cause me, my progeny, those around me that I care about, what will, what will cause them to live? And in, in, even more than just to continue living, to flourish. And so my morality is always based on judging actions and conversations and and experiences based on how do they either contribute or detract from the flourishing of all living things to some degree. But like within that circle, I'm like, yeah, but I preference the sentient things. And within that circle, I preference the humans. And within that circle, I preference the Campolos. Um, So, th- and even within that circle, I preference my children even over my parents because I'm sort of hardwired to think that we want to keep the thing going. If that makes any sense.
1: It does make sense. Is that an is thing or an ought thing in the sense of like you're looking at your kids and and sort of having a preference. You said like you're wired that way. Are are there things that you're wired to do that aren't good or that or that don't help you flourish?
0: I mean, I'm sure there are. I'm sure there's some cross wiring, and I'm sure I've got some. I've, I'm I'm sure I've gotten some bad messages, in and our culture. You know, I mean, I just look at what I want to do vis-a-vis media.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And I like like what I want to do, and what's good, and what, what will cause human flourishing. Not the same thing. I mean, I look at what we're doing with, you know, nuclear arms or or global warming, and you go like, look, just because just because we're prone to do something doesn't necessarily mean it is moral or it is the right thing to do. What I'm saying is, is that when I when I noodle down and go like, oh, what what is the right thing to do about social media, or how should we, like what should I think about global climate change and all that stuff that that. When you keep breaking me down, the, the standard that I'm going to use, the starting point is this: this bottom line commitment to life, and and to believing that life, and particularly sentient life, um, life that can feel and that can react and respond, um, that that's a value, that's mm. a fundamental right. Now you're like, but wait. A value is a preference. So you're saying like you don't have any objective proof that life is good. You just prefer it. And they are like, yes, exactly. Now, I, like there's a lot of reasons why I prefer it. And there's a lot of, you know, kind of, and preferring it works. If, if you think life is good, then prefer, thinking life is good is good for life. If you don't care about life, like the, all the, all those beings that like think life, take it or leave it, they don't last very long. Like it, the, you know, the natural selection sort of favors those that love life. Mm-hmm. So there's a reason I love life, but it is still just a preference. Right, right. And what about this stuff about hurting
1: others? Is, the, is it, I, I suppose it's just the opposite of flourishing.
0: Well, what, what I would make the argument for is, I mean, I can't make a, a, an ironclad argument. It's never right to hurt another being. I mean, mm-hmm. any parent will tell you that sometimes you 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 inflict pain upon a child in order to keep them safe. Um, you pull them out of the street hard, and sometimes you might swat their bottom and say, "You will not. You do not cross the sidewalk." And it's not because you want to inflict pain; it's that you want to prevent greater pain.
1: Mm-hmm. You know,
0: a doctor. You know, some, you know. If I said to you, "Hey, John." The other day, my my mother in law went in went into this room, and this man came in with a knife, and he split her open at the hip. You go like, "That's horrible." She was attacked. We need to see that. It was a surgeon, you know, like and 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 you say, "So, so that means it didn't hurt." No, it hurt like hell. She 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 was she could barely walk for the next two weeks, but it was ultimately for her health and for her benefit. So, I'm not saying that you know, not hurting another person. That's not an absolute for me. What's an absolute for me is, is that you, you measure things out in terms of what will lead to that person's ultimate flourishing or to the flourishing of their kind. Yeah. And so it, it, that's the part that's sort of, I don't want to say self-evident because, you know, people always say to me, well, what if somebody's a, you know, a psychopath or what if somebody's a nihilist or, you know, what if somebody's suicidal and, and, and. People emerge like not everybody loves life, and but what I would say is is that the love of life is the basis of moral behavior mm, that's good but but I'm not saying what morality should be based on, or I'm not saying like I'd put this up against Carl Jung and sarren kierkegaard and you know and and Nietzsche any day of the week. I'm just saying like when somebody says to me, "Hey, Bart, how do you make moral decisions?" What do you base your personal morality on? I go like, well, if if I really break it down, it's it's kind of based on a gut level love of life. Yeah.
1: And and that's what this question is. It's about you. It's not about any anybody else. So it's not about even establishing universal morality or anything like that. It's just about Bart Campolo.
0: Yeah. And it's not even yeah. just my own life that I value. Like like if you if you came to me today and said, "Hey Bart, Um, I'm going to take five years off your lifespan, but in exchange for that, there are going to be a hundred young people who were going to live in lives of abject poverty and misery, but instead will be able to, to kind of live. And they were going to die at 10 years old, but instead they're going to be able to live full lives and grow up. And I go like, wait, are are they going to get to play sports? And he goes, Yeah. I go because I love playing sports. Are they going to get to eat good food? Yeah. Are they going to get to like fall in love with somebody and then have sex and and then have have children and raise those children? And you said, yeah. I go like you can have the five years.
1: Yeah. So now we just have to decide how many flourishing lives a year of Bart Campolo's life is worth.
0: Right. But like, <laughs> I, and you say like, well, that would be a selfless act, and I go like, nah, and it wouldn't even be that selfless, because. For the twenty minutes I have left or the or the twenty years I have left before i you know before I die, I would be sitting there like just relishing the idea, yeah, just yeah. you know projecting forward and going like, "Oh my gosh, like I'll be dead, and they'll still be like playing with their kids, like well, and do
1: you know and, enough about human happiness to know that that works
0: yeah, that sometimes we're we're willing to make a sacrifice if we believe that that sacrifice will be meaningful. And you go like, but, but what makes it meaningful? And I go like, ah, somebody else is human flourishing, somebody else's life going forward in a great way. And so like in the end, the question isn't, do you love your own life? The question is, do you love life? Do you love life itself? Do you revere it? Do you think of it as, you know, I love that title of Ursula Goodenough's book, The Sacred Depths of Nature. Like I don't think there's anything supernatural going on here. I think, I think that 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 this world is what it is, but it's worthy of my religious devotion. It's amazing.
1: Yeah. You know, I suppose if you look, look into history, you can actually probably see a lot of different moralities at play or even competing versions of morality and everyone's got different lists. But you know, people talk about morality, you know, the, 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 10 commandment stuff, you know, some of the basic stuff, even like, you know, do not kill other people, do not steal their stuff. Um, and of course, the you know those have always been been key, but um you know when it get I suppose this question could have refer could could have implications for that list of sort of social issues. people think about things that are at stake politically now, like abortion and gay marriage and all of these big social issues, and how morality or people's idea of it plays in because that's that is one thing you'll hear constantly in those debates is people debating what's moral
0: oh yeah and and like and and like my little life wants to live you know that doesn't solve all those problems no no <laughs> you know you know and 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 so even on a very basic level you know <laughs> i was talking i was talking with uh with somebody the other day and i just mentioned that although i love a lot of really dysfunctional people really really dysfunctional people like people that are in and out of prison and in, in, on and off drugs and And, you know, violent and, you know, I care about these people because I know them well and I know their, their kids and stuff. But like, if I could like spike their, you know, spike their beer so that they would be impotent and not be able to reproduce, I would do it. Mm. You know, because like, I, I love them, but I don't want there to be any more of them. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I I wish that their kind would drop would, would die out and like, they go, the guy was like, Don't say that on your podcast, like you, eugenicist, you, <laughs> you social engineer. And, um, uh, and too late. And, like, so, you, so, so you said, But what about life? And they like, Yeah, I guess I privilege some life over other life. You know, I think there are some lives that are, are inherently better or, or they're more prone to flourish, you know, more sustainable. And mm-hmm. so, I'm not like, like when I'm, you know, hanging around with, you know, some of my Catholic friends or, or ex-Catholic friends, and they're like, I have eight kids because when I was a Catholic, like, like we revere life and you just make more and more and more. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? My reverence for life has to do with quality as well as quantity. And so, I'd love to see us as a, as a race come to a place where we're like, what's a sustainable number? And what's a and what's the most warm and humane way we can sort of stay there, and you know, sort of like yeah, how could we maxim- How could we have the greatest possible meaning and flourishing for the greatest number of people? But there comes a point at which, like, too many people, and the meaning factor goes way down, and and the flourishing factor goes way down. Yeah. And,
1: well, uh, and I wonder about the flourishing factor in places like China now because. I'm sure you've been hearing about how some of China's experiments in sort of technologically fueled, almost social experiments in how to make people behave better, but using Big Brother and surveillance and the whole thing, and then leveraging all of the fact that they don't have a constitution based on rights of its citizens. So they can, if you're not super good, we're going to like stop you traveling. You, like you won't be able to book a plane ticket or a train ticket or whatever you want to do. And I, I sort of wonder if that will end up being an existential challenge for the morality of the West, which is much more based on individuals and liberty and, and, and that sort of thing. I mean, And we're not going to be able to address that now, but I, it's just a thought that I was having when you were saying that very often this is a, a communal thing. Like we decide it as a society what we value and you know they might have a, a challenge for us because in in a hundred years, China's society might be like this super polite, very well behaved society. I mean, I just wonder if you know it might end up being a challenge to the idea of a liberty based society.
0: Yeah, and, and and you know and 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 who defines flourishing? I mean, so, you know, when we talk, it's funny because like when I talk about like, yeah, what if we paid everybody who who would be willing fifty thousand bucks to start to be sterilized? You know, like, cause like maybe if somebody's willing to sell their fertility for 50,000 bucks, maybe they shouldn't be having kids in the first place, you know, and you go like that's social engineering and you're, you know, and, and, and when you see some of that stuff in China, you go like, it's all this crazy, that way of thinking seems to very often lead to really bad outcomes. Yeah. Like it yeah. starts out with good intentions, but it leads to really bad outcomes. And so. You know like the only totalitarian dictator i trust is myself um <laughs> you, you know and 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 so you know so i say those things like i mean them but i also like i i, I don't want like i wouldn't go to the mat for them um well no and, and also
1: you're only responsible for your little sphere then which is a lot less stress i mean i don't want to have A whole society hinging on my definition of morality. You know, I want. I I, you do. (laughs) Yes.
0: Yes. I want. I I think I could do a good job. You probably could. I probably couldn't. But, 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 but I guess you know. I would trust your.
1: I would trust your definitions better than my own. But, (laughs) and so would
0: I. Um, (laughs) We're agreed. Now, but but the weird thing is is that that's where if you say like it's about human flourishing that doesn't answer any questions because different people measure human flourishing in different ways. Um, What I would say though is one really solid measure of human flourishing is whether or not your children are viable. Um, Like just even viable to live. Like that's not the end of it, but that's the beginning of it is, is, is this stuff sustainable and, and can it go, can it move forward? Like the the way that we're living now, I don't care how much fun people are having burning all this fossil fuel. That's not a sustainable way forward. Mm. Um, and so it's not, you say, but it leads to a lot of human flourishing. They go like, yeah, hey, like set the clock on a little bit longer time span than, you know, and that's why I think like you have to think in terms of maximizing the flourishing, not only within your generation, but over generations. And so like like you know I don't I don't have answers here. But like while my answers don't work when you blow them up on a big level and like it, it becomes all fuzzy on a on a day-to-day level if somebody says to me, "But Bart, like what's your morality based on?" and I go like, "You know what? It's based on like I'm always asking like how does this impact people's ability to flourish?"
1: What do you think of the golden rule? Uh, treat other people well because you want them to treat you well, which is well, constantly. No, that's not the
0: golden rule. The golden rule is: do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Wait, let me think treat about other that. people as you would want to be treated. Right, 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 right.
1: Yes. Well, right? I mean, I think I said it. Is it not the same thing? Maybe it's not. Maybe it is. I don't. know. Anyway, I, oh, but it's but it's almost like a social pact. That kind of idea of the of of morality where. I mean, I know there have been some criticisms of that because it's kind of like, well, that's inherently selfish, but maybe that's
0: not a bad thing. Well, I mean, the golden rule emerges. You know, it's not like, you know, with all, with all due respect to my Christian brethren, like it wasn't like Jesus didn't invent it. No. Like he didn't go like, here's the – and it was like, oh my gosh, we've never heard that before. Like it emerges everywhere. Um, and I think it's like a, a heuristic or a shortcutter. it's a rule of thumb. You know, and rules of thumb are not. You know, they're like in most situations, this will get this 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 will get you there. You know, like if you don't know what to do, like try this. Mm-hmm. Um, and the idea of that's no, a good way to look at it. Recognizing that other people are, you know, are like you in many ways, and like that probably what hurts you hurts them. And what's good for them is good for you, like it's not actually true, like you know like you 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 could end up giving like your beloved milk to a lactose intolerant person and making them sick. They're not actually like you, doing unto them as you would have as you would want them to do unto you is not you know you you you, you may have to abstract it a little bit right um but as a rule of thumb, the golden rule emerges, and it's it's a really simple way to teach your kids. How to get through ninety nine percent of life's situations in a decent way, yeah, so i i mean i I, I like it I, I you know but like the idea that that like it's the end of the story or it answers like you know unfortunately, all the most important questions lie in that one percent, right, right, and that's what we spend all our time debating is
1: is those things on the edges of morality that we don't see the same
0: way, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I don't – like it's probably the more we talk, the more stupid things I'll say. Um, <laughs> but I felt really good about that life wants to live thing.
1: No. So I, I'm, I'm,
0: I'm sticking with that.
1: Yeah. And, and and I also like the humility of just saying, look, this do, this isn't objective. But not only is it not objective, it, it's also not universal, you know? I mean someone else is going to think about this differently than I do.
0: Yeah. I mean I I, I, I would – the only caveat I would make is I would say that like – Whenever people tell me what their basis is, if I keep ask, if I like a two-year-old keep asking why, 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 a lot of times it boils down to their morality has, like it boils down to wanting themselves and the people around them to live and to thrive. Like I, yep. I think that that is… If not, it's as close to universal as you're going to get in a conversation like this one. Agreed. Um, yeah, I think that lies behind. I, I think I think that we are evolved. Um, that that preference is with. It's is sort of like, why does sex feel good? And like because uh, sex feeling good works for living creatures. If sex didn't feel good, the the, the ones the, the living creatures that really hate sex, they don't. Their species don't do well over the long haul. Yeah. Um and so, you know, certain emotions and certain physical pleasures and certain centers in the brain, they develop universally because that's what works. And I guess like like I think loving life is one of those things that just works and 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 the lo- and using the love of life as a basis for a moral code that seems to be to me to be almost universal yeah i think that's really good thanks man i I, like yeah i hope this i hope this ends up i i i i I sent i can already sense the emails coming (laughs) can you really and and i I don't think they're going to be good well i'll tell um, you there was a good uh discussion on the on the facebook uh group
1: about this and i I think and i think Nothing you said is going to be out of place in that group. I mean, I think most people gave very similar answers in some ways, you know, si- simpler. But I was glad we had a little time to talk about it.
0: Yeah. All right. Well. Hey. Thanks l- so much. Think, thanks for this conversation, and thanks for everybody else. And we'll, if you want to, if you want to feedback, bartcampolo.org is the way. And we'll see you next time on Humanize Me. For more on Bart, go to bartcampolo.org. To leave a question in your own voice to be used in future shows, call the Humanize Me queue line at 424-291-2092. That's 424-291-2092. Humanize Me is a production of Jux Media. Hey, you could be larger than larger.
1: Oh.